Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. You're listening to the afternoon update on Money FM 89.3. It's time now for Money in the Market. We find out what is moving, what has been moving this week, and what a week it has been for markets. We are joined on the line, of course, by the one and only Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. Jeff, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty busy, Rachel. We did have National Day there, which was great. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, when you have a four-day working week, it uh, always makes it a little bit tougher, right? That's right. And it seems that the markets are flying the Singapore flag colour today. We've got the SGI currently in the red. What's happening, Jeff? Yeah, look, it's it's for the first four and a half sessions, I guess, of the week, uh, that what that red has done is bought a what was potentially a one to one point two percent gain for the week yeah. down to a point three percent gain. So uh, SDI is still up for the week, albeit uh, a marginal gain uh, for the week. Really has been led by Semcorp Industries, Young Zijiang Shipbuilding and City Developments. Uh, while on the downside, you've got uh, Jade Matheson, Hong Kong Land and Wilmar being the laggards for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, across the globe, really it's been uh, for the week. Energy stocks, uh, again, have outpaced. Uh, we've seen October Brent crude futures uh, up 4%, something like that so far this week, back to around 99 US dollars a barrel. And what that has seen is Rex add 4% and RH Petrogas add 2%. And then when you look um, on the sector ledger for the global sectors that have least performed this week, it's been uh, technology. So a little mm-hmm. bit of a familiar theme for the week. Um, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is down 2.5% for the Ford four Asia sessions, I guess, well, for the first four sessions of the week. Um, and then you've got, for us, AEM, UMS, Franken, and ISDN and GVT, I think, have averaged around 1% to 2% declines so far this week, which have pretty much been in line, as we said, with the global tech stocks. Yeah, and just going back to some of the other movements that we were seeing in the markets, Sam Marine, uh, just taking a look at their shares today, they're one of the top movers when it comes to value turnover. Their shares are currently down close to 7%. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's when 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 stocks are on the move, as we've mm-hmm. seen this week, we've also seen Jardine uh, Matheson on mm-hmm. the new on, on the move. Capital Land Investments been on the move. That's when you see these uh, these pretty strong days in, in volume as well. But uh, nonetheless, for Semcorp Marine, that yeah, that brings the decline uh, for the week. I think down to three and a half percent, but still up something like 35% in a year to date. And earlier this week, um, Singapore narrowed its GDP forecast as well after its economy shrunk in the second quarter. Any surprises there for you, Jeff? Yeah, Hongbin. Uh, look, so no real surprises for us in the stock market because if you look at uh, Ministry of Trade and Industries' current assessment, it really does parallel the outlooks and I guess the potential downside risks that have been provided by these companies this week uh, who have been reporting quarterly or half-year earnings. So uh, MTI, I think, succinctly really summarised the downside risks as Mm -hmm. being fourfold. Uh, Number one, further escalations in Russia-Ukraine conflict, uh, worsening global supply disruptions, Mm -hmm. and hence, obviously, exacerbating inflationary issues. 
Second, the geopolitical tensions in the region could escalate um, to further disrupt those supply chains. Thirdly was the, I guess, the financial stability risks that, I guess, do, uh, keyword being intensify if there's any disorderly market adjustments to monetary policy tightening across the advanced economies. And the last, uh, the fourth of the uh, key downside risk was obviously that trajectory of COVID-19. It always remains a risk uh, given the potential for more strains. So so that was that was it. Um, those, those four uh, challenges, I guess, for, mm-hmm. for the remainder of the year, as we said, it really was uh, exemplified in many of the outlooks that the companies provided as well. So not too many surprises. And we've got to also talk about inflation, and we've seen that in commodity prices. And just taking a look at your uh, market stats for July, we've also seen this mm. boost your commodities derivatives volumes as well, haven't we? Yeah, totally. Uh, the, 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 when, when markets are on the move, like, like we've seen with the iron ore uh, mm. derivatives with the heightened volatility, um, with the developments I guess you've got in the property sector in China, uh, you, you've, you, you'll, you'll see increased activity in these uh, in these commodity markets. Um, then, you know, that then on, on the other hand, uh, some of the equity markets were much, much more quiet, uh, and therefore that saw uh, some of the turnover in the stock market come off quite a bit as well. Um, you, you know, if you look if you look um, if you look at the STI, for instance, and and I guess get, getting to that point on. The market turnover value for, mm. for, for the stock market. Yeah, twenty eight percent, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that that's exactly yeah. right. Um, and and what there there was a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you look at our chart of the STI, for instance, prior to the twentieth of July, there was a good five or six weeks of very comparatively tight trading conditions, and it saw the STI spend much of its time in a two percent trading range between thirty ninety and thirty one fifty. But since then, the STI has been posting these gradual gains. And yesterday, we actually saw the index close above 3,300 for the first time since the 5th of May. And hence, yesterday was also the strongest session of turnover so far for this quarter. Mm. So, so when markets generally are not on the move, the trading activity can subside. Hence, the need, obviously, for us to keep building relationships with new traders and new investors but when markets are really on the move, that's when the traders and the investors move. Um, the case in point, and, and this just just recent history, um, back in 2020, amidst the volatility, DBS booked uh, about one billion Sing dollars of net retail inflows, uh, and that coincided with the value-weighted average price throughout the year for DBS to be at around $21.60. Then the broader recovery the following year in 2021 saw those retail flows reverse to $1.2 billion of net retail outflows, mm-hmm. and that coincided with a higher VWAP price of around $29.20, which is something like 35% higher than the previous year's VWAP. So that was obviously a, a, a drawn-out case in terms of uh, pretty extreme case of, of extreme volatility, but that's just showing you the example of how that, that, that relationship tends to work. But that benchmark STI, though, has um, advanced 3.5% month-on-month in July, and that's up 5.6% year-to-date. And compared to other benchmarks in the region, how well is STI doing? Yeah, it's interesting, Hongbin, because unlike the first quarter and the second quarter of this year, mm-hmm. the third quarter so far, which I think we're almost at half time now, aren't we? Where uh, halfway does the through time it. go? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, what, what, but what's happened is the technology, the consumer cyclical, and the REIT mm-hmm. sectors mm-hmm. have led global stocks, and the tech strength has seen the FTSE developed index rebound by around 9%. So it's trimmed its year-to-date decline 
to 11% decline, while the STI at the same time has added something like 7% since the end of June, or 6%, um, closer to 6% if you take into account today's activity, and that takes its year-to-date total return to 7%. So a little bit of outperformance on the FTSE developed index and the big S&P 500, basically because they are both tech-heavy, and as we said, tech has been leading stocks. I think one interesting thing also across the region, uh, and to an extent across the world, the India stock market has actually emerged as one of the strongest global oh. Yeah, so far for this quarter. Okay. It's up around 9 to 10% uh, on par with the tech-heavy S&P 500. If you look at our ETFs as well, um, you, you, they're, they're two, we've got two India-focused ETFs on the India equity market, and they have been among the top three performing mm-hmm. Singapore-listed ETFs since the end of June as well. And what's driving that, Jeff? And can we expect I- that to continue? Yeah, I think it's economic because yeah. Yeah, on the earnings front, you saw Ascendus India Trust. Mm-hmm. It, it reported its first half DPU was, was basically up 19% half on half. DBS Research, I think they noted development projects were progressing as planned. The manager continues to look for acquisition opportunities. Semcorp Industry reported its first half 22 revenue recently and, and it, the, the revenue segmented to India was up close to 20% year on year. And I think for the overall current state of the India economy, um, the RBI did hike its its benchmark repo rate uh, by 50 basis points early in the month, but it has maintained estimates for GDP growth above 7% for this year and next, with the inflation rate uh, just below 7% for this year and next. And biggest headline this week as well, we saw U.S. inflation de- um, decelerate in July by more than expected, and it cooled to 8.5% from 9.1%. In June, was that in line um, with your expectations? Yeah, it was. It was a little cooler than consensus mm-hmm. expectations. So I mean, for the for the month on month, there was no change in July 2022 from mm-hmm. June 2022. You know, that's so. That's why Joe Biden had that grab that there's at the moment inflation is zero. That's what that's what he was referring to. So it was the coolest month on month print since May 2020. So that's a little while. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the gauge declined, I think, um, back then, 0.1% was April 2020. So, so basically, month-on-month month was 0.0%. Now, the preceding six months of month-on-month month gains, if you if you add them all up, it was up over 5%. So, so it's pretty important. And after that release of the data, you know, markets were rallying, and mm-hmm. we saw stocks on Wall Street ending higher. Markets in the region also seeing strong gains. But um, yesterday, some skeptics say investors may be getting a little ahead of themselves. What do you think? Yeah, everyone's going to be getting a little bit ahead because mm-hmm. the FOMC they place so much value on mm-hmm. transparency and good mm-hmm. market signaling and the recent FOMC press conferences they have seen the Fed chair convey that the target neutral zone for interest rates now is more of a judgment call than a line in the sand and it would therefore and it would, he also mentioned the most recent one it would be appropriate to slow the pace of rate hikes should they become too restrictive. So that's provided a little bit of policy context for those interpretations that that you mentioned. But as the policy hawks have maintained, as you said, US inflation is still 8.5% year on year. That's not yet a sustained path back to 2% year on year. So um, listeners um, of the program, you must take note that um, the Fed is also in a bit of review mode, per se, at the mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be looking closely at the Fed's take at the Jackson Hole uh, Economic Policy Symposium. That's on in a fortnight. And the symposium is themed reassessing 
constraints on the economy and policy. And you know the Fed um, said that they would be very data dependent on the next interest rate hike. And, yeah. you know, looking at the, the consumer price index and the PPI that has been released this week, how do you think the Fed will respond? Yeah, well, look, at, at the moment, we've got, um, you know, the Fed, uh, you know, it's basically it's, everything's through interest rate adjustments at the moment. Um, majority expectations of the Fed funds rate, which is currently at, what is it, 2.25 to 2.5%, mm-hmm. the expectations currently are for it to be at 35 to 3.75% at the end of the year. So we've got FOMC meetings on mm. the 21st of September, 2nd November, 14 December. So that indicates expectations for two more 50 basis point hikes and one 25 basis point hike mm-hmm. across those three meetings. Okay. So, Jeff, before we let you go, what are you going to be looking out for in the week ahead? Earnings season still in full swing? Even reports yeah. out from the SGX next week. What are you going to yeah. be watching? Yeah, that's right. Albeit slowing down a little bit. And, mm-hmm. yeah, by that I mean the, the earnings. The um, earnings, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. We got you. <laughs> yes, uh, the the the. We've got 30 stocks actually going ex-dividend next week, so really busy week for corporate actions, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that starts with DBS on Monday. But uh, yeah, SGX uh, does report next week, but not too many have uh, flagged that they will be reporting, but it doesn't stop some companies. A lot of companies won't actually announce the date that they're going to announce on, Mm -hmm. uh, but we do expect, as you say, it to continue. But this week was a really heavy week for it, so one of the big things next week will be more economic related. It's mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, 8.30, and that's our July non-oil domestic uh, exports, not X numbers, which uh, will be really important, first first indication for the second half of this year. Um, then you've got July FOMC meetings for the Fed as well due, um, and of course, some pretty important data for China on Monday. Okay, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thanks, Hongbin. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you, too. We've been speaking with Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.